Yeah, many people don't know that Vietnam is the second largest coffee producer in the world. What? And the largest producer of Robusta coffee. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Coffee. In this episode, we're excited to introduce you to our first special guest, Will Newham. Will is a pioneer and innovator in all things sustainable coffee production and the mastermind behind our recent lab series, Specialty Robusta. We discover why Will is so passionate about this area of coffee and speak to him about the future of Robusta in the specialty coffee world. So sit back and enjoy this episode of All Things Coffee. Thanks, Alex. So, Will, tell us a little bit about the business. What is Great Cherry? So, Great Cherry is a socially responsible coffee company. And also, we are a Australia's first champion of fine robusta bean. Yeah, right. And what is fine robusta bean? Yes, so the reason um, Great Cherry started it is because we noticed a misperception about Robusta coffee here in Australia. Many people think that Robusta is inferior and it isn't tasting good. And we want to, we, we know the potential of Robusta coffee and we want to bring the real high quality Robusta beans to Australian drinkers and that's part of the story. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that story then. Like how, how in the world did you, you know, start a business that's kind of focused on, I guess some people would say the dirty word in specialty coffee, robusta, but almost you know, unveiling a new almost self or a new perception on that. So how, how, how did it all start? Yeah, so I'm originally from Vietnam and I came to Australia to do my master's and I've been involved in a wine company called Little Ripples. It's a socially responsible wine brand where for every bottle of wine we sell, we provide one person with an entire year of clean drinking water. Mm. And most of um, the projects are in Africa and Uganda where many people didn't have access to clean drinking water. And it's always in the back of my mind that we don't have the water issues in Vietnam where I, I was born and raised. And I want to someday start a business where I can have a successful business and do something good for Vietnamese people. Awesome. And one day I talked with my wife, uh, Tammy. She's a barista here in Sydney. And she said that she spoke with cafe owners and some of her barista co-workers about Robusta coffee and especially like Vietnamese Robusta coffee and like almost nobody like really likes that uh, coffee. They said, (laughs) oh, that coffee is really inferior. It tastes like shit. (laughs) And I said, wow, am I drinking shit coffee all the time? (laughs) And then it, it doesn't sound right and then we did some research and we found that we 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 are like big robust coffee drinkers mm. and we we believe in the p- potential of that coffee and it's it can be really good but 
I don't know why people have that kind of perception. And we did some research, and we found that the robusta coffee that is brought into Australia isn't good and isn't the the great robusta that we have. And that is, and we see the opportunity here. We can do really good, great robusta, and the market is doesn't have it yet, and. That's why great great cherry came to be, and back of it, we want to champion high quality fine robusta beans, and also we want to we have a social call at, attached to our business, which is we want to help children with health chronic conditions in developing country, and particularly in Vietnam. Mm, that's cool. So yeah, you found you know that it was almost robusta coffee was seen as the the arch nemesis, the specialty coffee, or almost the bad guy. But saw that there's actually a real potential for that. And what? Why? Why is there this perception around robusta? Like, why is there a perception that it's bad quality coffee? Yeah, I think it, it's um, about the long history where arabica. Has I think they have the proper process of like making coffee really good. Mm. So at the very beginning, Arabica has the proper process that makes it um, really good coffee. But it's not a story for Arab uh, for robusta mm. because for some reason that coffee was perceived as cheap and low quality coffee, and it's disincentivized farmers to really invest in increasing the quality because like why do I need to invest in my time and effort and money and then I can sell it only at a very low price mm. so it's a kind of a a down cycle mm. that kind of push the the quality of robusta bean and I think that's part of the reason why people perceive robusta as low quality, not because it's intrinsic value or characteristics, but partly due to a poor and improper production practices. Mm. So what are some of those practices that kind of increase the quality of that coffee? So it comes from the plantation. So you need to have a proper planting and when you harvest the beans it needs to be a hundred percent ripe cherries mm. you don't want green cherries to come into a mix mm-hmm. and it downgrades the quality of coffee and the big part is the drying process so when we you harvest the ripe cherries it needs to go through a proper process mm. of drying to make to maintain the highest quality of the coffee. So it's kind of bringing in specialty coffee uh, procedures, which they do at a lot of the farms that we're connected to, such as the right picking methods, the right drying, processing, and actually bringing that just from the Arabica kind of varietals and moving that into the Robusta processing. Exactly. Yeah, right. And so is, is the Vietnam part of it, like... Have they been growing Robusta for a long time? Or like, how did you choose Robusta from Vietnam? Because I kind of think like, 
I hear a buster normally think of Brazil or something like that. So tell us a little bit about, you know, that history of Vietnam. Yeah, many people don't know that Vietnam is the second largest coffee producer in the world. What? And the largest producer of Robusta coffee. Over Brazil, it's really the largest. Exactly. Bra- wow. Brazil is the, the largest. Then they, they grow the, the majority of uh, coffee in Brazil is Arabica. Ah. And Vietnam is the world's largest producer of Robusta coffees. Wow. And Mind blown. Yeah, dating back to the history when the French um, kind of couldn't um, invaded Vietnam and then they brought the Robusta coffee trees and they grew it in Vietnam. And Vietnam has the ideal conditions to grow that coffee because Robusta is ideal for a low altitude area Mm-hmm. around like 500 to 800 meters above sea levels, while Arabica needs a higher altitude around above 1,000 meters. And that's the reason why Robusta is very popular in, in Vietnam, especially in Daklak province when I was born and raised. We grow 100% Robusta, and it's really good, really good Robusta. Yeah, amazing. It's kind of pretty phenomenal. To, I, I still can't even get my head around it. That I did not know that they were Vietnam was the largest producing robusta coffee nation that there was. That's phenomenal. And so, like, exactly. Oh, how long has Vietnam been doing? I guess specialty robusta. I guess if that's what you call it. I think it's very recently. Yeah, right. Because even though we have been growing robusta coffee for for a long time. But it's more of the commercial grade Robusta coffee mm. because the value is low and the farmers didn't invest in time and effort and like resources to make it better because like they know that even though like I make it better, I invest more time and money, I'm not going to be able to sell it at a higher price. Mm. And that uh, the things that kind of like hold them back. But until recently, I think with the climate change and everything, then it makes Arabica harder to access and push the price higher. And like many coffee roasters turn, it, turn their eyes to Robusta. And for their standard, it needs to be really good Robustas. And then it's kind of like, what incentivized farmers, they know how to do it for a long time, but they just didn't have the opportunity to do it properly. And now with the market condition and they find the, the right kind of like condition to make it better and make it specialty. Yeah, right. So how did you then get involved with that? So, you know, you're talking to your wife, Tammy, saying like, oh, there's this opportunity to talk about Robusta from your home. But then how did you get involved with the farmers? Like how did you actually get involved with, you know, the process? Tell us how you got involved with that. I actually have a lot of connections with coffee. For me, I'm a big coffee drinker. Second, 
my parents have been a coffee dealers for over 30 years. Right, nice. Yeah, and they do commercial grades. They kind of like collect the coffee beans from the farmers and they sell it to kind of multinational uh, companies or exporters and then they kind of spread the word like that. And I know that's um, helped me understand about the coffee landscape. And yeah, my wife, she's barista and she has the knowledge. And yeah, we had, it's been, I've been involved in coffee for, I think like when I was born. And, yeah. and it just became clearer path for me recently when I had the conversation with my wife about the misperception of mm. Robusta coffees. And we want to bring the true and the the best potential Robusta coffees to Australia. And we want to make the world a better place. It's all combined that we, oh, we said, let's start this business. It's, yeah. It's serious now. So did you go and connect with directly with one farmer or did you connect with your parents to talk about linking with a group or how, how did you actually link to the farm? That's a, that's a really good question. In Vietnam, every farm is at very small size. So in order to make the supply chain sustainable and kind of like streamline the quality of coffee, we need to form a cooperative mm with many farmers mm -hmm. in the regions. And we do a centralized processing. We have the centralized processing facilities when we, we tell farmers, okay, we need to you to follow the right process of planting and harvesting coffee. And then we will buy the, 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 the cherries, the coffee cherries from the farmers into our centralized processing um, facility where when we can with it enables us to maintain the, the like have the control over mm. the quality the the process of um, drying coffee and storage and also um, yeah the the production side of it to make coffee special and or you can call it fine robustas so you talked about the processing station and how you get all these farmers to bring the coffee to that processing station. Can you explain a little bit more about that and how the processing happens? Yep. So we, at the moment, we have four varieties of Robusta coffee. We have two honey processed Robustas. Mm -hmm. We have one natural Robusta and we have one fine Robusta. And for each varieties, we have different. The 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 whole the main process is quite similar, but there are some nuances during um, the process to make uh, it different variety. So, for example, with the honey process robusta, once we have all the dried cherries collected we actually wash it to remove all the impurities out of coffee and then we crush it but still keep the keep the the mucus yeah i guess uh, <laughs> um keep the yeah all the we just crush it and we don't do anything and we just let it sit there 
and oh, let right. dry it a little bit outside. Mm-hmm. And when it uh, we dry it, maybe like 30% percent or forty percent of it, we bring all the, the coffee into greenhouses mm-hmm. where we do slow driving. Mm. So the the process outside is called fast dry drying, and the one in the greenhouse at the the greenhouses we call slow drying. And the purpose of this process is to make the drying as slow as possible, so you can have the sugar and all the flavor of the the outside of coffee absorb into the beans and make it flavor very like unique. Mm. That is the purpose of it. And the second variety we have is natural. And the only difference is that we don't crush it. We keep it at the whole cherry, mm-hmm. and we dry it, and still we have a fast drying process, and we have slow drying process. And the last one is the fine robusta. This one is a bit exciting and um, quite special when we we do anaerobic fermentation mm-hmm. for the coffee. So basically, what we do is that after we wash all the cherries, we put it into big bags, or you can put it in the drums, and you kind of like sucks out all the oxygen or the, the air out of it, and you leave it. It depends like how many days uh, depends on the weather, but it's normally like five or um, three or five days, and then you after that you take them out. You try it a bit, and then you do it again. So you do the anaerobic fermentation twice, mm. and after that, it helps brings out the fruity flavor of uh, robusta, which often lacks in the robusta coffee. It lacks the 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 fruity um, flavor that you can easily find in arabica, but that process allows robusta to still straight. Stay true in the innate characteristic of robusta, but bring some fruity flavor into robusta and make it very unique. Yeah, wow. So you use the word fine robusta mm. instead of specialty robusta. Can you explain that a little bit for us? It's interesting enough that specialty is defined by CQI or you know Coffee Quality Institute. And a people at Coffee Quality Institute doesn't think that robusta can be specialty coffee, and that's the reason why they have a name to to it like fine robusta, which refers to high grade quality of robusta. But they don't think that it be, it can become special specialty coffee. And for fine robusta, it is defined as The robusta beans with no or low defects, and it has the score over 80s in the um, the scoring color framework of CQI mm. is how they define it. They they don't think that robusta can be can be specialty coffee, and they name it fine robusta to define high quality robusta coffee. So it would be. Quite provocative to call it specialty robusta. Then, 
Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Poking the bear. Yeah. Seeing if we can get some reactions. Let's do it. Because I think that the main reason like something called specialty is they want to kind of um, champion the high quality and the kind of like the careful practices of like growing up and production a particular product. I think that's, that's the reason why something called specialty. And if we can do it with Robusta, let's call it specialty Robusta. <laughs> <laughs> why do you need to have an, another name for it? Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting point. It's a, I guess it's a, a question that, you know, the industry needs to continue to ask itself and I guess figure itself out. Because like you said, because of global warming and because of the changing environments that coffee prices are going up and the ability to grow things is getting trickier and navigating. And there needs to be a greater exploration into coffee and different types of coffee, varietals, all those different things is, I think, causing a bigger change and a bigger, I guess, opening of opinions mm. on what great coffee can be. And, you know, let's say great coffee, specialty coffee, fine coffee, whatever you call it, I think there is a greater exploration on, you know, what 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 is out there and what is the future. And I guess that leads me to the question to you is going, what do you see the future of, you know, Robusta for Vietnam or even Robusta generally for the world? Yeah, it's like hard to predict the future. You 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 have to agree with me on that. Totally. Um, yeah, the trends and the market and consumer preferences change very quickly. But why, what I see that is changing recently that many regions that have been growing Arabica coffee only, now they started growing Robusta coffee. Mm like Nicaragua or like all the part like Ethiopia or some other regions. And I think that the, they can see the future of Probusta or the, the coffee industry as a whole is more kind of like diversity and inclusive coffee future where they can see Arabica and Robusta have lived together and complement each other to make it a more spe- um, special experience for coffee drinkers. And with the, the nature of Robusta, it's more resilient to pests and diseases. It's, it has like lower sugar, it has a bold uh, profile and like more caffeines and all the unique characteristics, I think that now they see it as a compliment and it's actually make the, the coffee better to have some Robusta in a combination with Arabica or even like have it standalone as a single origin. I don't think it is going to replace Arabica. Arabica will still be dominant, but I think, I believe that Robusta will find the stand and is here to grow. Yeah, here future. to stay, right? Yeah. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I do think we've heard a few people mention similar things that there is a greater, I guess, even understanding or education to society on what coffee can be. And people are starting to get really excited about exploring 
new new varieties, new processing methods, new new things to do with coffee. And it's almost as we are getting more educated in coffee, our ability to accept differences and uniquenesses is growing and it's exciting. It's kind of actually quite a fun process to see and taste and experience. Exactly. New new varieties. Like I'm pumped on the idea of tasting at Robusta after so many years being, I don't know if we want to use the word brainwashed, but definitely mm-hmm. told that Robusta is not at the same standard as, as Arabica or, or it's, you know, oh, only... That's only low quality coffee mm. that robust. And so it's quite exciting to see that kind of come into fruition, which is really cool. And so I guess for us is like with Great Cherry, are you looking to expand or bring that experience to the world in different ways? Or like how, how are you, you going to kind of bring or educate the world about Robusta? What's the plan? Yeah, as... Um we agree that futures is hard to predict. Yeah. So we we try to we focus on how we can do best as what we are doing mm. and try to spread it to the world. And we are very lucky that we have reputable companies like Campos on board with us because it's they really encouraging us to we we all we believe in in our products but we have like companies like campus to believe in it and have great feedback and it is it is it's, it's great and for us we because we are a quite a new company we keep improving our quality and that's partly thanks to the feedback from like coffee roaster like uh, like like you guys and we can make it the quality better and also we can kind of make everything more efficient kind of like try to find a way to create more value for our um, customers while kind of um, kind of like using less resources is make it more efficient make the quality better and yeah I think this is just the plan I think that's really cool I think at the end of the day right it's constantly adapting and changing based on quality feedback right there's nothing there's like you know what they say is like use it or lose it or like if you stand still get stuck in the mud all those kind of things is like that idea of just continually improving that quality by feedback and I think that's what campus is really excited about is to you know explore the opportunities to see where this can go and see, you know, the future of, of Robusta Coffee and really, I guess, elevate it to the market to say like, hey, this is actually something we all should really consider and all should actually be involved with. And we're excited to, you know, to, to share some, you know, special releases with you guys to actually get that out there and, and I guess, share with the world the potentials of what Robusta can be. And it kind of even sounds like you're saying that, it's only at the beginning. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, that's just the beginning. And and I think that I believe that one of the reasons that make Campos so great and successful is that you are very 
open to new ideas and new new things while staying true to your core values, and that's the reason why, like I think that it's it's true to every one of us that we need to be open-minded, and I believe that this robusta is just the beginning of a kind of a transformation in how people drink coffee or how people enjoy like coffee and experience and i think it's it's ex- exciting future to see it is will it is well we'll really appreciate you coming on our podcast it's been an absolute pleasure we are excited to see the future of robusta in australia with campos and even in the world i think uh, you guys are doing a great thing and Thank you for coming in. Oh, thanks, Alex, for having me in. And thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of All Things Coffee. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to rate us or leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, hit that follow button so you never miss a future episode. I'm your host, Alex. And until next time, happy brewing.